Hello, and welcome to Relevant History. I'm Dan Toller. Uh, now, before we begin, I should say that this episode is sort of like the foreword at the beginning of a book. You can skip it if you want to, and you'll still enjoy the book just fine. So, if you just want to get into the meat of things, or if you've already heard some later episodes and are trying to listen to older episodes, go ahead and skip this one. I certainly don't want to bore my audience here, but if you're interested in uh, uh, what the podcast overall is about and what I'm trying to do here, then by all means stick around and uh, we're going to get into a few things. So what is history? History is the study of anything that happened in the past, so it's constantly shifting, right? In in that sense, it's always moving forward. Uh, and for that reason, a lot of people say, well, why is, why is it relevant? Why does it matter? Uh, this has already happened. It's done. It's over with. Why not focus on something a little more concrete, a little more forward-looking, where maybe we can affect the future? Uh, and, uh, you know, that's an obstacle to a lot of uh, particularly young people who are uh, in school and who don't understand why history uh, should be important to them. And uh, in a sense, they're right, right? History is not the same as an exact science like physics. Uh, An exact science, for one thing, can make predictions. A scientist uh, with a background in the uh, the necessary fields could tell you if a bridge is going to withstand a certain traffic load or not. Uh, A historian can't really do that, nor can someone like me who's just like talking about history. But what we can do is perhaps learn some lessons. Now, there are a couple of problems with that. Uh, One thing is that science, when done correctly, is exact. Uh, uh, Something is either true or it's not. Uh, Whereas history, as Napoleon said, is a set of lies agreed upon. Uh, What that means is anybody who puts pen to paper or in today's age uh, puts finger to keyboard Uh, in some sense, has an agenda, whether they know it or not. Uh, We're all human beings. We're all biased. And every source you read, uh, you sort of have to think about why they're saying what they're saying. And, uh, you know, if they left something out, why did they leave it out? Uh, Similarly, since science uh, only tells you what is, it doesn't necessarily tell you what you should do. That's why we have ethics, right? People discuss, well, uh, we could clone superhuman babies, but should we be cloning superhuman babies? Or is maybe that, that's something that we should not be involved in? Uh, and sometimes history can serve as a guide when, uh, when we're making important decisions. Uh, the other reason that history is relevant is that it helps us to understand our world by putting it into context. As far as we know, we have not contacted uh, extraterrestrials. We do not have other societies uh, to compare human society with. And uh, if we want to learn anything uh, and make any kind of uh, relevant comparisons at all, we have to understand the people who came in the past, because in some sense, they are aliens. Uh, They're they're totally separate from us, and yet, because their world bleeds into our own, 
there's this continuity that adds context to everything we see around us today. Uh, With that being said, the way I'm trying to set everything up, and we'll see if all of this works, is to talk about uh, general concepts that drive history, Uh, whether you want to talk about uh, ideologies or uh, trends or, or even uh, you know, as something as simple as how a particular technology was used. All of these things are relevant. And uh, what I've decided to do uh, for the first few episodes is to talk about an important concept that underpins our modern world in ways that are extremely important. And that concept is the concept of nationalism. Now, nationalism in many ways has become a dirty word today because of its association with uh, ideologies that the majority of people in Western society would consider unsavory. Um, However, uh, there is a history there, uh, if you can sort of tease it out from those unsavory ideologies, Uh, that this history does underpin the way our international order functions. For instance, anyone who's studied political science will be familiar with the Westphalian international order. Uh, This is the concept that each country is a sovereign nation uh, and has certain rights when compared to other countries. This underpins everything uh, we have in, in, in terms of the modern international order. For instance, the United Nations is based on the concept that each member nation uh, has certain rights and, uh, and, and certain uh, rights within the organization of the United Nations. Uh, if you don't understand nationalism, you don't understand any of that. So what we're going to do is go through history, and in each episode we'll look at an example of how nationalism has worked in a particular historical context, and uh, what happened and how that changed the concept of nationalism as we've moved throughout history, and uh, things have changed as they do. To start out with, we'll be looking at the First Jewish-Roman War. Now, this was a rebellion that took place in the first century A.D. in the Roman province of Judea, which is roughly modern-day Israel, uh, give or take some territory. Now, this rebellion happened in part due to Roman mistreatment, which we're certainly going to get into, but there was also a large and nascent sense of Jewish national identity. That is the idea that as God's chosen people, they should not be beholden to any foreign power like some empire from across the Mediterranean. Clearly, this has ramifications for us today as we look at what's going on in the Middle East and around the world. And that's why it's relevant 